As a teenager growing up, I went through a phase in my life that was, uh, I'd like to call it a little melancholy. I kind of went through this phase where I was eh, maybe a little bluesy, um, moody, I think my parents would have called me that. It was just a time where I don't know what was going on. I, I think things were changing in you know, my physical body, and I didn't know, you know what, what was going to be my niche in the world. I just kind of felt like I was going through all these emotions and wasn't really sure how to express them. And so when I heard about bands like The Cure, I kind of jumped on board and was listening to you know, bands like that that were very emotive and explored kind of the more, more darker side of life sometimes, some of, some of those subjects that maybe aren't easy to talk about, but times where things weren't always happy. And I resonated with art like that for, for whatever reason. I'm, I'm thankful that that phase of my life didn't last very long. But I guess I've always appreciated uh, moments in art and in music where it's okay to explore difficult things. It's okay to explore moments where life just doesn't seem to make sense. And we know that to be true about life. I mean, we don't have to live too long on this planet to realize things sometimes go sideways. Things that we expect to happen don't happen. Uh, good people suffer. Uh, when you try to do a good thing, sometimes uh, you know, it, it results in something that, that isn't what you expected. Life doesn't always uh, look like unicorns and rainbows and sunny days. Sometimes there's, there's difficulty. And we, did, we know that to be true, and sometimes it's hard for us to express how that feels. Now, we are in a series that we started just a few weeks ago in the Psalms. And the Psalms are a collection of, uh, of, of poems and, and hymns and songs that explore all kinds of themes and genres. And we've looked at you know, genres like wisdom, and we talked about thanksgiving, but Psalms explores all kinds of, of, of feelings and emotions, and even times when things are not going so well. We titled this series, Psalms, the Songs and Prayers of God's People, because these are what the early church and early Jewish communities used to express emotion, to, to give words and language to what was feeling in here, things that were hard to get out. And and these laments that we're going to be talking today help explore times when things are not going so well. In fact, I love what one scholar said about the lament psalms. I'll read it for you. By using conventional language, these laments, they portray situations that are typical of every person. That, that, that struggle with understanding the meaning of, of, of life when there's tension and hostility, and conflict. That's why these psalms, we call the laments, are, are so powerful, and they've been used for centuries by the people of God trying to work out their, their, their frustration in particular situations. And in fact, I think these lament psalms sort of leave a blank for us, even today, to insert our name into them so that we can express, too, moments where we're having a very tough time. Well, I'm Pastor Ben, and I'm so glad that you joined us today, whether you're a, a regular with Dallas Church or, or maybe you're brand new. You, you maybe stumbled upon this, you know, streaming live feed, and you thought, oh, what is going on here? Well, no matter who you are, we're, we're so thankful that you've joined us. This is our weekly rhythm of lifting up Jesus and, 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 and getting back to the scriptures. And, and we meet on, on, on the first day of the week, that's Sundays, because that reminds us of the day 
that changed the world several centuries ago, two millennia ago, where Jesus Christ rose from the dead. So we meet on Sundays to celebrate. And so I'm glad you're here with us. By the way, today is also Father's Day. So we're pretty excited about Father's Day. So we're celebrating dads of all kinds today, granddads, stepdads, foster dads, maybe coaches, people that are mentoring other people. We're, we're thankful for fathers of all kinds. I'm thankful for the, the, the men in my life that have mentored me. So if you're a father out there today, happy Father's Day. And I hope it's a special day for you. We certainly want to honor you with that. But I'm, I'm also glad that you're with us today taking this sort of curated journey through the longest book in the Bible, and I would argue the most spiritually forming book in our English Bibles. And it shows up about right in the middle, which is kind of interesting. And, and it really helps to, to, to shape who we are spiritually, both, both in the past, in the present, and thirdly, in the future. And these give voice to all of our emotions from all kinds of different themes. And today we're going to be talking about Psalms of Lament. So let's take a moment and, and pray and ask God to be with us today. Father, we come before you. We thank you for your love and your faithfulness, that your mercies are new every morning. And Lord, we're all here uh, to, to hear from you. We want to we open your word and, and we want to be able to, to understand that you are okay with us expressing all the different kinds of emotions that we go through. Father, we're so thankful that you love us more than we could possibly imagine, even though you know we're more sinful than we even want to recognize. And Father, we lean into your scriptures today, speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit, and help us to understand that even when life isn't going well, you still want to hear from us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, find the book of Psalms in your device or your printed Bible. I'm going to be using my device to, to find that today. But be looking for Psalm 44. That's a great sample of this genre we call lament. Psalm 44 is a great place for us to go today. So, so take some time. It's okay. Uh, flip through the contents if you need to. Table of contents, that's okay. Find Psalm 44 in your Bible or device. And it'd be great if you used the device that you use day in and day out. It's just helpful to have those things handy so you can have a daily rhythm with Jesus. So find Psalm 44. And while you're doing that, I just want to reiterate that what we're going to be talking about today are, are, are songs and prayers and poems like Psalm 44 that explore situations and circumstances when things are not okay, when things are not going well, in moments of sorrow, in moments of struggle, of loss, bereavement, you know, even times of, of, of national tragedy or even the judgment of God Almighty. And you think about the timing of this. We're going through unprecedented times. And I, you, I know we've said that a lot, but this is really true. None of us have been through this sort of pandemic and then all the things that are going on in our country, in the world. We're in, in, in times of, of truly national disasters on many levels. And so these are moments where these psalms will help us express how we feel toward God and really be real with him. Now, what you may not know is that the collection of the psalms, about 150 of them, 60 of the 150 are actually considered psalms of lament. And that should tell us something. That means that the majority of the collection are coming from times when the psalmists and the writers and the, 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 uh, the artists were, were, were in a, a difficult time. And they're expressing their emotion to God in these 60 of the collection of 150. And again, they, they, these help the people of God express pain and frustration. 
Let me give you just a few examples of some of the other Psalms of Lament, and then we'll get to Psalm 44. These are some phrases that, when I read them, they just move me. Listen to this one from, from Psalm 137, verse 1. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. Oh, the people of God crying out when they remembered Zion, their homeland. Psalm 22, see if you recognize this. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. You may recognize that because Jesus said that on the cross. See, even Jesus understood the power of these lament psalms. From Psalm 31.9, listen to this. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and body with grief. I mean, it almost gets physical, doesn't it? Moments when things are just not okay. And look, many of us remember this phrase from arguably the most popular psalm there is. Psalm 23, which starts with, the Lord is my shepherd. But there's a phrase in there that says this, even though I walk through the darkest valley, or as I memorized it, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. These moments when things are not right. I love what scholar G. Lester says about this. A lament psalm, you see, is, is where, where the people of God address, address him on occasion of calamity. God, uh, he, he has a history with his people. And these psalmists that write these psalms, they are completely comfortable. Listen to this. They're completely comfortable charging God with dereliction of duty. Wow, can you imagine being in that position to charge God with dereliction of duty? But these, these, these psalms are coming from these places of, of deep hurt. And, and these writers are, are not only uh, you know, somewhat comfortable, I guess, with charging God for dereliction of duty, but they're unabashed, unabashedly asking for a favorable response from him. These psalms, they, they respond to a crisis that disrupts the life of an individual or a community. In these laments, a critical event calls into question the conviction that God reliably protects his people from injustice, chaos, and death. Laments are looking backward at praise, recalling God's saving acts in the past, and look forward to the thanksgiving and salvation, praising God for his general inclination to save while dealing with the pain of now. See, lament gazes unflinchingly at the present reality of pain and at God's apparent slowness to save. Laments generally follow a pattern. And, and they generally start with this moment of crying out to God. Now, I know for some, and even when I was young in the faith, I didn't really understand that this was okay. That I didn't really understand that God was okay with me yelling at him sometimes. Being angry, being so frustrated that I feel like my prayers were just hitting the, the ceiling and, and nobody was up there. And God was okay for me to cry. 
So these psalms start with a crying out to God, and maybe you didn't know that. That you, you might be going through something difficult. Look, we've been going through a difficult time for months now. Maybe it's time for you to talk to the Lord and, and just cry out to Him. So it starts with a crying out to the Lord, and then, then there's an asking for help. There's an asking for help. God, I'm crying to you. Would you respond? Would you do something? And then finally, the Psalms move toward trust and even praise. That there's this trust that God's going to do something. Even though it's really rough right now, God's going to really do something. See, the, the language of lament, they really, they really help us express deep trouble and even complaint. Another article that I read said this, a lament is an outcry in a situation that can be changed if God wills it and a person is responsive. And laments go way farther than releasing pent-up emotion. And they go way more than just mere catharsis. These psalms are a theology, a doxology, and a form of worship. They are reminders of truth and exercises in faith. They are transformative for every follower of Jesus, every believer. Well, let's get to Psalm 44. Hopefully you found Psalm 44. Now you're probably thinking, when is he going to get to Psalm 44? Well, I, I want to I talk about this psalm because I think this is a great, again, a great example. And, it, and look, look at how verse 1 starts. And I'm not going to read the whole psalm. I'm going to read kind of highlights of it. But the, the first, very first line, listen to this. Oh God, we have heard with our ears. Our fathers have told us what deeds you performed in their days, the days of old. So right away we get this idea of talking about God's great deeds of old. When the nation of Israel was born and all the great things he did, the miracles. And then next, you know, as the, as the psalm continues, there's more statements about how victory is always of God's work, no matter what. And it sounds really good. And then bam, we get to a moment where Psalm 44 hits uh, 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 takes a turn to the left and shifts and we get this complaint and accusation against God's inaction. So let's pick it up as that psalm continues in verse 20 now. If we had gotten the name of our God, if we'd forgotten the name of our God, or spread our hands out to a foreign God, would not God discover this? For he knows the secrets of the heart, yet for your sake we are killed all day long. We are, we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Awake! Why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself. Don't reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust and our bellies cling to the ground. Have you ever felt like that? listen how the, the last line ends. Rise up. Come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. You see how that psalm kind of went from, from early stages of celebrating God's work, and, uh, but then crying out to God and saying, you know, what are you going to do? And then finally ending with this idea of but we're going to trust you because of what? Because of your steadfast love. There's a, there's a Hebrew term for steadfast love. And it's hased. And what that means is it's a kindness or caring on the Lord's part 
It's a keeping of the faith. It's, a, it's an honoring of covenantal obligations that God will come through, even if it seems bleak right now. And so I just got to ask you a question. What upsets you today? What are you frustrated by today? What are you really struggling with? What are you crying out to God with today? Or maybe you, you ought to be crying out to God about right now. I mean, what is something that you find yourself saying, that just is not right? What is that? You see, what we do as Christ followers, when things are not okay, we go vertical. We bring it to God. Not just in the happy moments, but the sad moments. You see, I think for, for the church, and I could say even Dallas Church, and maybe even the, the church in general, we've had a tough time exploring this part of Psalms, this idea of lament, this idea of crying out when things are difficult. You know, when we gather, I get it, we try to stay positive, and, and we want to we wanna look to, to you know, some, some hope, and, and that's all true. But it's also true that the human experience is difficult. And God wants to hear our hearts in those moments as well. And we go vertical when things get tough. Let your heart tell it like it is. And let me tell you this. God can take it. He can take it. I promise you he can take it. Tell him exactly how you feel. When you're hurt, when you're struggling, don't sugarcoat it. God knows anyway. He sees here. He wants to hear us cry out to him. Because you know what? He cares so much more for us than we could even possibly imagine. And he wants to hear it right from us. These psalms give you and I, the church, the believers, the followers, they give us the voice and the language to express difficulty. And I don't think we need to shrink back from that. Sometimes things are not okay. And we can call out to God. You can express to him your frustration and your pain. And so my only point today is this. I want to encourage you, encourage myself in these moments, maybe even right now during all this craziness, to voice your pain to God. Voice it. Voice your pain to God and then move to praise. Voice your pain. Don't shrink back on that. But then move to praise and trust that he's got the whole world in his hands, even if we can't see the end right now. Voice your pain and then move to praise. See, biblical faith is not this pie-in-the-sky romantic idea where we're just skipping around all day. Yes, I found more joy in Christ following him than I ever had of anything else in life. That is true, but it's also true that biblical faith is real. It's authentic, and sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes we have questions we can't answer. Sometimes faith is difficult. Sometimes there's tragedy, sometimes there's silence, and we wonder why. You know, and sometimes life just plain breaks loose. When we find ourselves in this vivid disorientation, moments where it all seems unclear, we voice our, 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 our pain to God because he's not unaware. And he loves us more than any of us can possibly imagine. Trust me, he can take it. Tell him exactly. As we wrap up here, I want us to learn the art of lament and being honest with the Lord better than we do today. I want us to, to explore. Let it all out. Let God know what you're feeling because he cares. 
we can turn our, our pain into praise and remind us once again, remind each other, remind ourselves that God is still our rock. He's still our redeemer. He's still our hope and refuge in the storm. Voice your pain to the Lord and then move to praise. I'm going to pray here in a minute, but I just want to say this. If you're someone who's been listening and you're like, I love this idea. I, I want to cry out to God. I want to, I want to have this relationship with God that you're talking about. I want to be able to call to him and, and know that he's hearing me. If you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you can do that now. Even, even in this weird time that we're in, you can, you can place your faith in Jesus Christ, God's only son who came and lived a perfect life, died for your sin and mine. You can believe that's where it starts. That's faith trusting that God is who he says he is. You can, you can then repent, and that's a weird word we don't use much often, but it's the idea of you were going your way, the way of sin, and it wasn't working out for you. And you know that the following Jesus' way is so much better, and that's repenting of your sin and going the way of Jesus. That's repentance. And then you confess. That is, you, you tell the world you need the Savior. You agree with God that you're a sinner and you're ready for new life. That's confession before your family, before, before the world. And then, you, then you're baptized, and Christian baptism is this idea of sort of a burial, a death burial, and then a resurrection, kind of like Christ did. It's like an experience with him as we go under the water of Christian baptism. We come up out of that water renewed to new life. And then we begin living as a Christ follower. If that's your decision today, we would love to hear about that. We want to pray with you over that. But if you're, you've been following Jesus for a while like I have, can I just encourage you to voice your pain to God when those moments happen and then turn to praise? Let's pray together. Father, we come before you. We thank you so much for your love and faithfulness. Your mercies are new every morning. Thank you, Father, that you can hear our, our, our laments. You can hear the times when we're, we're broken down and in pain, and you care for us. Father, we're so thankful that, that you want to hear from us, even in the moments where things are not good. Father, I pray that you'd remind everybody today listening, and remind me, Father, that, that you love us more than we could possibly imagine, and you can do still immeasurably more than any of us could ever ask or imagine according to your power that's working within us. We pray this all in Christ Jesus. Amen.